Gamers Genius Episode 56, Fortnightly The Three Bs. In this episode, Eric talks Cowboy Bebop, Don talks Buckies, and Bruce talks Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs and we truly appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, where we talk about stuff that is not game-related. If you want our game-related content, head over to Onboard Games or the Games and Schools and Libraries podcast. But today, I, Donald Dennis, am here with the three people who came up with the idea. Well, I'm one of the three people who came up with the idea for the Fortnightly. Oh, hey, Eric. Hey, what's going on, Don? Uh, Not much. Um, And Bruce. Hey, what's going on, everyone? So it sounds like Bruce had to do all the recovering that Eric and I didn't have to do from a convention bout because, <laughs> yeah. It's been all kinds. Of, I've gotten a cold. Like, so that's the thing with the mask wearing and the social distancing. Okay. So w- whether you, ha- if you feel positive or negative, the one thing you can acknowledge is, is you probably got less colds than you did when we weren't doing it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and as a lot of folks, including teachers I know, and, you know, a lot of people are fighting saying, yeah, but the problem is, is you sort of lose that resistance to colds and flus and things, not having them uh, every so often, which I didn't mind until one hit me. So I've been wiped out from that for a while, you know, just, yeah. But I'm back. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm here. Let's do the gosh darn thing. Let's do the thing. Yes, absolutely. And I, I had an update on a previous thing we talked about, but I completely forgot what that is. So let's dive right into it. Eric, you've got something that is that you're excited to talk about that has apparently been uh, fairly controversial and big news lately. So what do you got, Eric? Oh, I don't know about the controversy part, but yeah. So, um, like, I don't normally get in on the exciting stuff while the exciting stuff is happening. I'm usually a couple <laughs> weeks behind. But mm-hmm. I am, I think, on this one, I've been really enjoying uh, Cowboy Bebop on Netflix, the live action. Uh, nice. So, uh, of course, obviously, Cowboy Bebop was an anime. It was popular, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. In the 90s. Uh, in the 90s. Okay. I knew it was, <laughs> I knew I had like a Chinese bootleg DVD series of it. So it had to have been right. pretty, pretty long ago. <laughs> um, so- yeah, real quick about that. I ordered a set off of eBay, won an auction or something. The guy sent it to me, and it was a bootleg. And I was like, you said nowhere in there that this wasn't legit. Uh, I'm going to complain about you to everybody. So I got my money back uh, on that, and then I bought the real set when it came out. But yeah, I, apparently bootleggers don't like it when you're going to turn them in for breaking the law. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I can't remember. Obviously, you introduced me to, to the anime. And, and for me... Anime, there's not very many that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. I'll watch quite a few uh, because friends want to watch them. But in general, I, I tend to find anime to be, and, and it's just sort of, I don't know, melodramatic, which I get is the point. But, you know, it just <laughs> kind of keeps going and keeps going. But there are a few, uh, Cowboy Bebop being one, Robotech, the American type eyes version. Uh, I did watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is another episode. Uh, with my how son. far did you get into that? Okay, so my son was like super into it because of how strange and goofy it is. I made it through the first three seasons of okay. it. Well, well, yes, we'll talk about that later. I didn't like any of the characters in the first three episodes, so I bailed hard. But yeah, yeah it's, we'll talk it's, about that. 
It was a family obligation more than anything else. <laughs> Give me something to talk about with my son. But anyway, so yeah, Cowboy Bebop, I did like. Uh, it did suffer, in my mind, from what a lot of the anime does. You know, it's very melodramatic and stuff. But this this show, the, the anime carried style, a lot, a lot of style. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, the live action TV show captures that style perfectly. Now, I haven't watched the anime in a long time. Uh, I, I, no, I take that back. I started watching it again probably a year, year and a half ago, and I got a little bit way through. That's the other thing is there's, you know, 50, 60 episodes. I love it when Bruce is like, oh, I love this British show because it's eight episodes. You know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, anime tends to be a little bit longer. Uh, and so anyway, so, yeah, so I started watching, uh, I guess, three days ago, four days ago. Whenever we got back from mm-hmm. BGG Con, I started watching it and um, and just I'm in love. It. I'm loving it. I love the style. I love the characters. Um, I can tell it's not exactly the way that I remember the anime to be, but that doesn't quite matter because it carries what I want it to carry. So uh, I'm curious to hear from you what the, what the um, controversy right. is, but right. in a long, in, so, in a nutshell, it's just basically these two slash three bounty hunters and their travails and really the story of Spike and uh, his history, his past catching up to him or him catching back up to it. So I will just, anybody who cares, the original anime was 26 episodes in a movie. So it's it's not a super long, you know, watch. Uh, but yeah, it is, it is different. And I think it also suffered from being popular or becoming popular around the same time that Firefly was popular. And people said, oh, these are, you know, two very similar things. And you, you get a completely different feel from them. The, you know, Firefly was all about the banter and, mm-hmm. and the, the jabbing back and forth. And Cowboy Bebop was more about, uh, oh, sure, it's Western, but it's noir. And it's it's all about, like you said, it's all about the style and the feel as opposed to necessarily the banter between the characters. Yeah, um, the characters don't really get along all that well, <laughs> at least in the, right. in the, in the, in the, in the current show. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one of the, of course, you expect that some of the folks are going to be like, oh, uh, you know, they didn't dress the uh, Fae the same way that they did in the anime, which feels kind of in the anime is very fan service and uh, and lascivious. Or yeah, You know, it's I interesting you say words. that. I mean, I, I agree with you. Uh, she's definitely a little, not as bad as some anime, but she is a little uh, sexily dressed. Um and I thought they did a great job of capturing the essence of what she wore, you know, the colors and whatnot in giving right. her something a little more there. But, you know, in there's a TV show they watch that tells them what bounties are available. And there's a guy and a girl there. And in the cartoon, the girl's wearing this like half jacket and, you know, like her cleavage is all exposed and whatnot. And they actually managed to do practically the same outfit in the live action, which surprised me. It's a little more modest, mm-hmm. but not by much. <laughs> Right, right, right. Um, so when watching the the commercials for the live action one, I thought, I don't feel the characters shining through, uh, but I think that uh, that they did a great job with uh, Jet Black. Spike yes. ended yes. up really sort of coming through, but I think Jet was the one who was the best cast out of all of them, uh, though I ended up liking all of the characters as they grew on me over the course of the series. I've seen the whole thing, um, and... Uh, what what bothered me was the lack of one of the main characters uh, of the series. Yeah, I was and wondering if that that person was going to show up. They did like an offhand mention in the last episode I watched, but I expected yeah, but not to, for them to not show up. 
Right. Exactly. Um, so I, I love it. Um, the, I think one of the things that's different between this and the show is it does feel like they're trying to give sort of all of the characters backstory, this sort of the same amount of development, right? It's more of an ensemble yeah. piece as opposed to this is a spike story and you are getting some flashes of jet or some flashes of Faye Valentine's backstory as they come through and they change Faye's character a little bit, uh, to where, She's um, a little more instead likable. of showing her, yeah, instead of showing her scantily clad, they really showed that she just wasn't afraid of the sexual humor or whatever it else. And was able to tell, you know, the same kind of crude jokes that you might expect people living on the edge to be able to, to laugh about. Right. Right. So I will tell you, 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 you hit jet right on the nose. Um, Mustafa, I think his name is the actor. Yes. Just does yeah. an amazing job, just captures him perfectly. And I'll tell you, John Cho does a great job as Spike. What sold me was when he's walking down the street with his hands in his pockets and the, you know, in the blue suit and stuff like that captured yep. the whole Spike walk and move uh, just perfectly. And that's, again, to me, it's all about the style. And in I fact, I actually Faye was going to be the toughest one, but yeah, um, you know, it, it was not too hard for me to go. Yes. Okay. Her character's strong. You can believe that she's surviving with these guys and, and all that. So I ended up really liking it. And, but traditionally live action versions of anime have been awful, right? If they're not playing at it, right? If they're trying to take it serious at all, then they're usually horrible. And then the Japanese have done a lot of stuff where they will do a very tongue in cheek adaptation of an anime and make it live action, which is fun, but you wouldn't necessarily call it high quality or good, but you know, it's just nice to see that uh, after they sort of failed with full metal alchemist and death note, um, that, that both of which I kind of liked, um, that this is, this is for me as a solid hit for Netflix and the whole live action anime genre. Cool. To me, what really has recognized that I was just all in on this was the fact that I watched the opening credits every single time because they're so cool. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And I love that song. I skipped him on the second episode, and my wife's like, why do you do that? I said, because you always yell at me when I don't skip the credits. And she's like, no, <laughs> we have to watch these. And so, uh, so a little bit of background, because we've talked about what they did right, but not really what the show is. And it's a group of bounty hunters who are down on their luck and always having to struggle because of, uh, well, Spike's a little extra destructive than he needs to be on some of the missions, doesn't pay attention to stuff because he comes from a completely different background. Um, and, uh, and they're trying to get by and trying to figure out what happens until their backgrounds sort of catch up with them. Yeah. And there's, uh, like jazz is just a constant in the world. Um, the, mm -hmm. the game, the show itself and then music, everything is kind of jazzy and has that noir kind of feel to it as well. There's a lot of, it's interesting cause there's a lot of style and then all of a sudden they will be on a planet like called Tijuana and it looks Tijuana, right? <laughs> and uh, and so it still kind of keeps keeps up with that. But I thought they did a great job. They did a really nice job with the special effects. Um, the only thing, and this is just a me thing, but the only thing that sort of mm -hmm. bugged me, especially in the first episode, is the bad guys are running around toting AK-47s and you know just regular modern guns. And uh, Firefly had this exact same problem. And I recognize... Well, Go ahead. Yeah, the other issue is, is that they were all dri driving cars from like the 60s and yeah. 70s. Yeah, and they're all driving, yeah. It's like Cuba. Classic automobiles. Exactly. It's like going to Cuba. And I recognize it's a it's a cost savings, right? If you're going to 
come up with some plastic shells for all the guns to make them look futuristic and you know whatnot that's going to cost money. Well, it's also a style choice, right? Because they're trying is. to evoke a particular genre. And once you realize that these are the cars that would be there for this kind of story, blah, 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 then yes, sure. Spaceships are a thing. And we get to see the swordfish and some other, you know, uh, starships we'd recognize or spaceships we'd recognize that, that they're doing what's necessary to tell the kind of story they're trying to tell. And oh, I think yeah. that's what works for me. Yeah. And, and, and not, not to, it's not really a spoiler, I assume, but just not to answer the question. But, you know, phase ship is not there. Like their original ship is just some generic ship and um, it's in the credits. So I'm waiting for it to appear at some point. So I'm hoping I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, that's it. Cowboy that's Bebop. It. Even if you're not, uh, you know, an anime fan, I think it's worth at least watching a few episodes. Speaking of not an anime fan, hey, Bruce, what did you yes. think of Cowboy Bebop so far? So here's, first of all, I'll note that my Cowboy Bebop uh, exposure was on uh, Cartoon Network late at night. Yes. I think it was in Toonami. So the problem Adult is swim. I like, tried to catch it, but it was mid, it was, you know, like episode 13. And at that point, it is frustratingly difficult to get into because you have no idea what's going on. Um, my wife and her sister, huge fans. So they were super excited. And I love exactly what you're talking about. The same way I felt in watching something like Scott Pilgrim, where the style is so over the top and such a spectacle that you at least have to give it a minute. Even I think if you get to the end of something like Scott Pilgrim, you might say like, it's not my kind of thing, but they clearly did what they meant to do. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. I, I think the same thing is happening here. I happen to really like it. I'm watching it now and it might make me go back and watch the anime, but I can definitely tell it has that, what I like to call Cirque du Soleil quality, where even if you don't like it, you know, someone sat, wrote that out on a board and figured out how to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, which I love, uh, so far I'm really getting a kick out of it. I find it really enjoyable. Now the good news is for me watching it, as opposed to some of the people that are a little unhappy about it is I don't have the baggage of knowledge. So for me, like a movie like Watchmen, okay. The original, the Watchmen that came out in like the two thousands, I had read the, the graphic novel. So I'm coming in there being that guy where I'm like, well, that doesn't even mean what you think that means. There's a whole story behind the kid and the guy at the hot dog stand at the news. Like you don't even understand why the two of them holding hands is important in this. Like, and that's my sister-in-law is kind of having that problem. Um, but she's not sort of as aggressive about it, but she's like, they just changed so much. Right. I don't know how I feel about it. I guess it's okay. I don't have that poison in me where I have anything to compare it to. So to me, everything's great. The, the styles are fun. I don't know that we've changed the costumes. Uh, the music's fun. The whole atmosphere is good. So for me, I've really loved it. I think I'm, I think I'm at episode six, okay. five or six. So, um, and so I'm just loving every minute of it. So, so they have the dog at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, they've so- got an Ein. One of the big the big changes is the reason why they kept the dog in the live action series doesn't exist in the animated series. Okay. And it never really made any sense why they kept Ayn in the okay. animated series. Okay. All right. So that I think that they said, well, we've got the chance to have this make sense. Yeah. And we also have a chance to use this as part of, like I said, they're developing everybody's backstory a little more. Yeah. To to do that. And, and it worked well in, in the live action where it sort of, it spackled over some of the holes in the original series that, 
you didn't have to think about, but okay. like, oh, we now have this character and we're doing the thing. So that was one of the things that people were complaining about, but I think really? doesn't actually matter and is even better in the in the live action version. Because to me, Ayn and and Eddie and stuff in the in the anime or sort of checking off your anime box check boxes, right? Oh, we need a cute animal in there. We need, you know, <laughs> yes. So I always felt like that. Yeah. So, so Bruce, when you're talking about, you know, yep. style, stylized type mm-hmm. things, um, there seems to be a slew of these types of movies that are kind of coming out on Netflix and whatnot. And I was watching one yes. the other night. Have you happened to see or familiar with gunpowder milkshake? Yes, I've I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. People have told me I should see it, but it's not a thing I've seen yet. Yeah, yeah. So Karen Gillian, the uh, redhead from Jumanji or Doctor Who yep. or Nebula. So she she plays a hit person and uh, basically kills the wrong person and then has to go through and, and deal with the repercussions of that. But it's incredibly stylized. Basically, there's this library that's staffed only by women they're actually hit people or at least trained okay. people to be hit people and uh okay. so, so it's like you know if you just buy just buy into it don't worry about it don't think about it and it's yeah. it's it's great you know it's it's that kind of stylized thing there's also another one okay. called uh, akimbo with uh, harry potter in it uh what's his name okay. harry oh yes guns akimbo oh i Gun- the one where, where he has them bolted onto his hands yes yeah. So okay. apparently there's like this on the dark web or whatever, there's this internet show where criminals try to kill each other and whoever wins gets a prize or whatever. And it's super popular. And so he plays this, this uh, computer guy who uh, like tries to troll people and he trolls these people. And then the next thing you know, is they come to this house and they literally bolt guns to his hands and he has to, serve. he's now a participant in this running man game and he has to, okay. has to do it. And, and again, it's a ludicrous concept watching him try to put pants on with these guns bolted to his hands is hilarious. Um, but you know, again, it's a movie. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, graphic and goofy, but it was fun too. Um, so anyway, it's, it, those kind of stylized tend to be violent movies. Uh, I, I think are, are certainly worth, if you're into that sort of thing, it's certainly worth watching. I, I, one thing about gunpowder milkshake, it, it really felt, you really felt the impacts, right? Um, some for some movies where you go, oh, I can't believe this character is doing this or that. That didn't feel real, but the violence in that um, felt uh, very impactful. We'll just say, okay, yeah, I, I can see that. And of course, the library is an important part of it, so I liked it. Oh, nice. the the puns were so great on that because, like, you know, they'd I forget, I can't think of them now, but they'd pick out don't, a particular don't, don't famous give it away. book. Yeah, yeah, you'd, yeah it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> nice. worth it. Um, all right. Okay. Well, I I guess I'm going to jump in. Well, all right. So I'm going to talk about uh, something that I'd seen on a previous trip to Dallas uh, for Board Game Geek Con, and I'd heard the legend of from my mother uh, and my brother <laughs> and and other folks. But uh, this this is the first time I really got the chance to do casual exploring without the uh, the opportunity of or, or the obligation of hurrying up so we could get through and, and okay. get out. So driving down. The highway, you see this big yellow sign with the face of a red-hatted wearing beaver. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it could, in fact, be the world's largest convenience store if you're uh, near New Braunfels. Because that is one of their records, is world's largest convenience store. 
And this is Buc-Ease. That's B-U-C-E-E-E apostrophe S. Yes. Uh, actually, I guess there's just two E's. That's B-U-C-E-E apostrophe S. And so um, the last time I went there, I was like, oh, well, I've heard about this place. I'm going to zip in. going to grab some beaver nuggets for the convention and, uh, and a sandwich and get out. And it was nice. And I was like, this is a big darn store. I don't really have a chance to explore it. But this time, I was like, I'm going to absorb this in all of its glory. Now, Very good. despite it being, um, you know, in the middle, well, at the end, the tail end of part of a pandemic. Okay. This place was packed elbows to elbows you with don't people say. wandering around. And it basically has like three or four major departments as a convenience store. And that's okay. on the inside. On the outside, they have like 60 bays of ga- for gasoline. So mm-hmm. you can get your different kind of gas. You can get the ethanol-free gas. You can get actual normal gas that we have. You can get your diesel. Whatever it is, they've got a wide variety there. I guess they have... Um, Uh, Also car washes, because Mm -hmm. one of their locations has the world's largest car wash in it as well. Okay. So they hold a couple of records. Um, But on the inside, they have got, oh, wow. It's just, it's tough to explain. So we'll start at one end has like, oh, it's the hunting section. You can get all of your hunting and survival (laughs) little bits and things there. Um, You can buy your charcoal grills uh, and your giant, uh, your large rolling ice chests Nice. You can get um, uh, umbrellas. You can get a whole bunch of variety of things. Their Christmas stuff was out now. So they had, I don't know, probably five or 600 different kinds of beavers and in holiday hats or whatever nice. uh, that you could get. In the middle of the store is their, their, like, their live food area. And by that, I don't mean that it's <laughs> food that's alive that you eat, but it's like yeah, you we're it cooking yourself. food for you. <laughs> we're, we're preparing food for you. Um, you can get... This and so they have what can only be described as some places you have butcher counters, they have a beef jerky counter. With <laughs> it looked like 30 different kinds of beef jerky that you can get, and they also have over their packaged food area um, a wall of beef jerky where you can grab stuff off. So I might have grabbed some to throw in stockings and whatnot here around the house, uh, but uh, it was just sort of like. I didn't know that there was that many kinds of jerky and I'm pretty sure I don't want to eat about half of it, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that was delightful. They have people making uh, barbecue brisket sandwiches and pulled pork sandwiches fast as they can to throw them out uh, for people to grab them off the sliders and take the things. They have their Bucky chips, which are fresh made potato chips there, which um, I found uh, undersalted and disappointing, but the idea is still there. So maybe if you okay. get them quick enough and salt them yourself, they're tasty and delicious. They have the, uh, if you ever been to, especially a Renaissance festival or a state fair where you smell the, the roasted salted nuts with all the the flavors of toffee or whatever, they've got that going on. Dozens of flavors of fudge. They have a fountain drink display with 30 different kinds of fountain beverages. And then it repeats, uh, like 20 kinds of coffee. I don't even know how much of all this is there, how much (laughs) of it is repeating the same stuff. Um, but I remember that when I used to travel cross country, you'd say, oh, I'm going to stop at the Love's Country Store or the Love's, yep. Love's Travel Stops because they have clean bathrooms. That is not the case anymore. They are festering sinkholes each and every <laughs> one that I went to. Um, but if you need a clean restroom, the restroom at Bucky's are amazing, clean, and pristine. 
and, and well worth making the stop just for that. If you can navigate through the rest of the place, um, they have walls of sweets and treats. So all the candied nuts or, uh, you know, sour cherry balls or whatever. Some of them are, Hey, these are fancy antique like candies. Um, the, the show, the star of the show though <laughs> is beaver nuggets. Okay. Right? And you might think, so well, Don, why weren't you talking about that during the beef jerky section? <laughs> what is a beaver nugget? <laughs> there you go. That's the question. So a beaver nugget is basically like a corn puff Cheeto, except for no cheese flavor on it. And it is coated in sort of a delicious crisp caramel. And it is sweet and tasty. <laughs> and they all, what? What'd you say? I said I would have lost that bet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so would I, because my yeah. mom had told, oh yes, I asked my, your brother to stop at Bucky's on the way up to Oklahoma and get beaver nuggets. The first time I'd heard of them, I thought she was crazy, but mm. yeah. Um, they also have a salted caramel version and a cinnamon version and, uh, they are the fastest track to diabetes for just about anyone. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, they are delicious and tasty. Uh, and in fact, when I, for my work, when you go out of town, you have to grab, uh, sacrificial items when you take vacation to give to the to the library, the people okay. working there. And so I grabbed a couple bags of beefer nuggets so I could put them on the table there to buy back everyone's goodwill for having been MIA for two weeks. Okay, um, nice. And it's great. Uh, they also have their own branded merch of all types, hats, etc. But they have these large 52-ounce thermal mugs which I guess, especially if you're going to be out hunting for a day or maybe at a convention gaming for four hours, that that, that might be something you would want. But they have the smaller smaller mugs also, and they are much more affordably priced than if you were going to get them at like a, I don't know, at a real store somewhere. Okay. Uh, they're pretty cheap because they are branded with Bucky's logos and they're not charging you super extra premium uh, for that as well. And so that's it. Basically, it is a huge shopping experience uh, you can also, oh, they have a whole place where you can actually order meals and they will okay. call out your number. You go up to the to the computer screens and you order your meals and they'll make you fresh food and they will give that to you. But there's not really a place to sit because they're expecting most people to go on the road okay. and, and get out and, and go do the things. They've got a little dog park walking area. Um, I don't even know what else they have, but Bucky's, so, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a, a big thing. It's a weird thing because uh, maybe about a year ago we started hearing kind of about it, you know, and there's, I don't think there's any in Oklahoma, but obviously on the way to Dallas, there is in Melissa, mm-hmm. Texas. Um, and yeah. And then you start seeing people with Bucky's t-shirts and it just sort of had this kind of groundswell into now, like uh, quite frankly, we intentionally, Shannon and I did not stop at Bucky's on the way back because it's something that my wife wants to experience, you know, with me. And so, I mean, it's not going to be the sole reason we take a trip down to Dallas, but it's going to be a significant percentage of it. <laughs> and, and they're, yeah, they're not new. They started in 1982, mm-hmm. but they are slowly building out. And like, I went to one in, uh, in Arkansas before I got to Texas and, yeah, I think there's maybe one in Louisiana. I don't know, but they've got a bunch of locations and they are trying to spread out. So you might see them coming to you before you can get to Texas. 
So it's one of those weird things, just American things, I think, about it's mm-hmm. it's like, a, say, an In-N-Out burger. Like, oh, we don't really have them here. So when we see one, it'd be fun to stop. And, you know, it's fine. It's not this most amazing, oh, I can't wait to eat this. But it's good, and I enjoy it. So I think it's kind of the same experience. Because functionally, it's just a giant convenience store, right? Truck stop. But it's it's done well. I hear it's, you know, it's, it's clean, it's fun, it's neat. And it's certainly something that's worth experiencing. Well, I mean, you say done well, and (laughs) I think it has removed part of the convenience from convenience store, just because one of the whole things about convenience store is it's small. You can grab what you want, get in and out quick. And this is like, let's take a convenience store and make it the size of the original Sears Roebuck, right? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. We're, we're going to blow it up Texas size uh, and and add the you know add all of the problems that a footprint of that size causes. But on the other hand, yeah, it's it's kind of impressive. And I I thought maybe hey, I had just shown up on Sunday when I was when I was heading in uh, inland from the coast. Ah, it's Sunday. It's after church. That's why everybody is is here. But no, it was Monday when I was leaving Texas <laughs> and. Uh, uh, you know, a little over a week later. And once again, it was still packed. It wasn't quite elbows to elbows, but it was still very, very full. And I I think, and Eric touched on it, and I think we should really, I want to like draw a bold underline under this. There is something about uh, the truck stop that in the current version where you have like Bucky's and you have that one in Iowa and there's one on 95 going from like Florida. I think it's somewhere in the Carolinas, mm. um, south of the border. Yeah, uh, oh. yeah, that's a bit, problematic. Yes. But like, I think it's of the same ilk. Where it is, it is so American because you're right. We took the smallest, most convenient footprint of a store, a store so convenient they put convenient in the name, and we were like, yeah. But what if we take all the positives away? <laughs> and we make it huge so it's a spectacle and you're like well that's just a supermarket shh it's a huge convenience store and you're like yeah or it's a regular size supermarket shut up it is a huge convenience store bob yep uh and i would say if you're on the roads even beyond just bucky's if you're anywhere and something touts its uh truck stop like it's like the largest one on 95, the biggest one in Texas, the hugest in the world, the the, uh, the only one in the country that blah, blah, blah. Stop there. Don't go to a 7-Eleven. Don't go to a regular Exxon. Find those places because all of them in one way, shape or form are going to be this experience. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not your Petro or your Flying J, but uh, yeah, find something new. Now, now the, the, the south of the border... Um, don't go there during the off season unless you like ghost towns, because that is spooky. You they, show up when there's, there's nobody there. One season. There's not an on season for south of the border that I've ever seen. Okay, all right. Uh, I've understood <laughs> that during tourist season that it is you know when you've got a lot of people moving through, but when it's like mid October and nobody's going anywhere, then it is yeah, it's abandoned. Yeah, it is something to see Pedro's mini golf and coffee hut completely <laughs> empty, like zombie apocalypse empty, like so empty that you think to yourself, can I even get gas here? Because I don't see anyone. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's real bad, like like bad movie set bad. I have stopped there just because like you kind of I feel like you sort of have to, yep. you know, go and do the sign of the cross and then keep moving. 
Uh, <laughs> but like, I'll go there and yeah, there'll be so few people there that I'll actually wonder if it's closed. Mm-hmm. That reminds me when we were driving across South Dakota. So we went uh, east to west across South Dakota. Um, in the middle of it is this place called Wall Drug. And of course, you'll see yep. s- signs for it all along the way. And mm-hmm. there, there's sort of kitschy thing is, oh, free water, you know, free ice cold water, which, you know, back in the old days was helpful. But anyway, it's worth stopping. And it sounds like Bruce has stopped there. <laughs> I have, know? It's one of those places I want to cross off. I've not been there, but I would okay. very much to go. So, yeah, so it's just this, okay, it's not just this. It's this building in the middle of this town in the middle of South Dakota, okay? Uh, It originally was a drugstore. It is now, quite frankly, just this massive mall of stuff. There's a knife store. There's, uh, you know, T-shirts. There's snack foods. There's restaurants. It's just an entire little ecosystem sort of within this area. And um, there's, like, statues of jackalopes that you can sit on and have your picture taken. I mean, it's just any kind of random, kitschy, touristy thing is here. (laughs) And free water, I should add. (laughs) Speaking of statue of jackalope, don't forget to get your picture with the giant bronze bucky. Oh, yes. Out front of Bucky's because at least one of the ones I stopped in had that. I, I didn't do a complete circuit of all the Bucky's I saw. But, yeah, you can get your picture with Bucky. And as well, you should. Yeah. It, and it's our, it's it's impressive. I mean, it, it's just one of those things that has bubbled up in our culture that, hey, if you're in this area, you should go check it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, enough of that. I think uh, it's Bruce. It's your turn. Tag, you're okay. it. So then I'm going to come in. So I've talked in the past in both longer episodes and the fortnightlies about my love of game shows. So Mm -hmm. we're just going to just assume and know it's a thing. Uh, There are specifically a type of game show I want to talk about, uh, which are game shows with no stakes whatsoever. Uh, So we talked in the past and I turned both of you on to to Taskmaster. Yes. uh, In the UK, which is a game that has comedians on it that play for points and everything's very subjective. And if you win, you get nothing for it. Uh, Literally nothing. (laughs) Or you get the guy's head. You get the guy's head and you get that statue. But like there's no prize and there's not even the concept because in England, if or at least as far as I can tell, and I'm sure if we have British listeners, they'll correct me if I'm wrong. But if a game show in on on BBC and in the UK uh, doesn't have clear balls and strikes. Right. So there isn't a clear scoring system that's replicatable and understandable. You can't give away a prize uh, of any value. Uh, So if you win RuPaul's Drag Race UK, you get nothing. They they will give you a show in the United States that you can do on like RuPaul's uh, internet channel. uh, And that's your prize. You can't get any actual cash money. We talked about, I haven't watched it, but y'all have the Great British Bake Off. You get like a big plate, right? Yeah. You get like a giant plate. If you do any of the like kind of game shows. Yeah, you get get a nice little cake stand that that says Great British Bake Off. That's about it. And even I want to say, if you win, and we'll talk about a little more countdown, you get a teapot <laughs> uh, if you win countdown. Ooh, I want to be on countdown. Right? Uh, I looked up how much those teapots were. Uh, more than you'd want to pay, less than you'd figure for a prize you have to be on a game show to get. Uh, um, you know, it's but, funny you mentioned that because at one one of our early trips to England, we were watching just, you know, late night BBC and there was some sort of quiz show and the pr- a prize was a thesaurus. You know, it was <laughs> like just, that was it. <laughs> 
and it seems to be, there seemed to be some, and I would uh, divert to someone like Michael Fox because he's been on one of the British game shows, but some of them seem to be able to give away money. None of them seem to be able to give away a ton, but that's also where Millionaire came from. So it appears to be that if there is not a clear balls and strikes, you can't give away anything. And if there is, you can give away some, but I can't really tell what the rules are. But this allows for a type of game show where it's like Taskmaster, where it is a game show format and celebrities or, you know, like L-list celebrities are on it. Um, but there's no regular people. So in the U.S., when we do this, we do something like match game where we say, you know, match the stars. Here are the stars. They don't get paid. They're just here to have fun. And then here is uh, uh, Bob and Susie, and they're here to win money. So we hope they do well. Uh, or uh, 25 words or less, which is another one where you're on a team with two celebrities and you're trying to get them to guess words. But in the U.S., we always put like a civilian on a team and we always make sure there's a cash component the civilians can win. Um, I think... Like, I love Match Game to watch. I feel like if I was on the show, I would be frustrated and angry as a contestant. Uh, because, you know, Alec Baldwin, whoever's on there, feels the need to, like, make a joke then. And I need them to match me because I can go to the next <laughs> round for $20,000. <laughs> right, right. You know? And I'm like, hey, like, I get it, Ariana Grande. You want to show a personality right now. But, like, I need you to match this. <laughs> we need to I'm go for the most common away. answer. Right. The most you, obvious yeah, answer. please. Please, right now, don't do whatever bit you're doing. <laughs> do that to the other person. Um, but in the UK, they have them where they're pretty straightforward games with actually pretty clear uh, scoring systems, uh, but they're played for nothing. Uh, and the, the two I want to talk about, the main one I want to mention, just in case it starts to run long, I won't worry about the other one, is the big fat quiz of the year. Uh Channel 4 puts this out near as I can tell, and I've tried to look up to see when this year's is, and everyone's saying the same thing. It's normally sometime in December or early January, where it's sort of a pub quiz with teams of two, hosted by Jimmy Carr, where they literally just go over the past year worth of trivia. Um, it's pretty amazing if you want just some like laid-back, relaxing, uh, moderately funny television to have on to just be there. Um, and I, I mean that in the best possible way. I watch them multiple times. They're comfort TV for me. And they're fun to watch every year because you're still getting real questions and you're getting kind of fun formats. Like one of the questions they ask every year is they have uh, an elementary school act out an event of the year. Uh, whole thing, cardboard backgrounds. Oh, man, that would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, six-year-old acting. Uh, but like last year for the, for the big fat quiz of the year at the end, it was the guy who in the middle of the beginning of COVID decided to like go to a castle and said he was going there because he needed to take an eye exam. So they have like the little kids acting it out with like cardboard (laughs) cars and stuff, uh, which is great. They'll have at one point they will have like just the smuttiest, most awful, uh, autobiography, but it will be read by Charles Dance. (laughs) <laughs> who does um, Masterpiece Theater. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, and he nails them. Uh, they have another one. I don't know who the main like newscaster voice is for four. Um, I've seen him like in this thing, but I don't really know enough to like remember his name. But he will do, and he's, God, he's got to be 80. And he will read you a serious story about a song that came out that year as if it were a news story. <laughs> uh, so it'll be like, get lucky. But he'll say multiple people have looked into the sun. They've said <laughs> that they, like, and it's read that way, and you figure it out. And then at the end, like he's dancing around to the song, which is fun. Um, but it's just kind of fun to see because it's just like comedians riffing on doing a game show. 
uh, because they can because the points don't matter. So they can, they'll get a couple right to kind of show you they're not fools. So like, wait, wait, don't time, tell me. Uh, no, yes. no, no, no. Um, whose line is it anyway? Whose line is it anyway is very much of this ilk. And I wouldn't even say that it's not a little wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, the earlier rounds, the last round of wait, wait, don't tell me everybody like really digs in because they're trying to get points. And I would say that actually happens a little bit on big quiz towards the end. Uh, but well worth watching. And through the years, if you watch the old ones, one, it reminds you of like what happened in 2008. And it's also had some pretty big people over the year. Like um, Russell Brand has been on there. James Corden, before he got big in the U.S., was on there, and even at the beginning of him getting big in the U.S. Uh, and then, if you watch Taskmaster, like everybody you know from Taskmaster is on there. Well, apparently, there's like just this revolving thing of shows. It's like you go from Taskmaster to you know whatever. There's like sixteen it, 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 different shows. Cast. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. the one with uh, Acaster? Uh, I can't um, think. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're, that sort of blue guys lie to me. Yeah, uh, I, I watched Army of Thieves with my wife the other day, and and one of the guests from Taskmaster was in it, and I was like, ah, I know that guy. I know it's so exciting when you see them outside of Taskmaster. <laughs> and, and I would say for this, you're going to see a lot of those kind of folks that are doing this. Um, Noel Fielding is on here pretty regularly, and he's always fun. Uh, Richard Iowati, who's one of the few people that does a lot of these shows but has never done Taskmaster, um, mm. is on there, and he's a blast. So it's just like if you're the kind of person where you like trivia and you're willing to watch it in the most low-stakes format ever, this is the way to do it. Um, one of the things I love is every time, apparently it must take them just hours to film it because of all the different things they have to do. So every single time now, because enough years have passed that people are getting used to, it's like their fourth appearance on it is they're starting to pack like picnic lunches. <laughs> so part of the way through, like someone will just pull out a picnic lunch. They'll be like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Jimmy Carr. Have you not done this all these years? Is this a shorter than 14 hour day for you? Because I brought lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be like just a lunch break everyone will take. Um, and it's just delightful. Like I said, if you like trivia and you want to see it in a very low stakes format, the big fat quiz is worth catching. And this time, if you're listening to this now, it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. Normally, somebody will bootleg it from the UK and put it on YouTube in the US like the same night it comes out. So you can normally watch it. Just put in big fat quiz and look for uh, 2021. And that's how you're going to catch that one. Cool. So I can only wonder what this year's is going to be. You know, 2020, the only thing that was really notable about it was they made, normally they sit very close to each other because they're supposed to be like a trivia team. And last year they were far distances apart. And the comedians were trying to work with the fact that there were like plexiglass walls between them. So at one point, I want to say James Acaster like throws something at Mel B, former Spice Girl, and accidentally hits the wall and it starts to fall on her. <laughs> and you actually see him have to break character. <laughs> and she's like, what's up? He's like, got to be honest with you, Mel. Uh, I was going to throw a roll at you. Didn't expect I'd almost knock it over and kill one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> okay. okay. And they're leaving all that in because that's what this show is. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So just uh, Taskmaster adjacent, just real quick. Uh, Richard Osmond, who was on Taskmaster. I don't remember which yep. series, but uh, he has written a series of crime novels about these pensioners nice. who live in a retirement community. Uh, the the most recent one is The Man Who Died Twice. These are excellent. I have loved both of these that I've read. Um, so if you're interested in some sort of fun uh, crime novels, then uh, I recommend Richard Osmond's. Uh, I forget what the first one was called. Uh, but anyway, Amazon knows. You can ask them. Yeah. 
Now, a lot of the stuff, like, I find that I'm very enamored with British television. So if you're out there and you're British and you just roll your eyes at this, I'm sorry. Uh, part of it is the novelty of being American. But um, I found myself going far down the rabbit hole of British television thanks to Taskmaster. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, oh. You, my YouTube is always like, oh, hey, here's James Caster, and I, I wish I could remember what that show was. and Or, you know, here's Aisling B telling something else. Or, you know, it just, yep. just nothing but all these little things. It's like, I want to watch all of this. <laughs> yep. It's a, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down for your uh, YouTube if you're looking for that kind of uh, heaven on in the background. You don't have to give it 100% of your attention, but uh, if you were to give it 80% of your attention, you'll be rewarded for it, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a, a side thing talking about okay. British television is we previously covered the BBC version of ghosts. And okay. I understand that Eric is watching the American version, which I heard was horrible, but you have other things to say about it. So what, what's your quick summary on the American version of ghosts? So I have not watched the British version, so I have nothing to compare it to, but I've enjoyed it quite a bit. I like the ghosts. Uh, you and I were sort of comparing, oh, this is, you know, there's a revolutionary war uh, general here. And you were saying that was equivalent to something in the British show. Uh, and so there was a lot of neat kind of uh, overlap there. But honestly, it's, it's especially considering there's not a lot of sitcoms that are on right now, certainly new, not new ones. Uh, so it's mm -hmm. been a nice, refreshing uh, breath of fresh air. So I've been enjoying the American ghosts. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, did anybody have anything else to say before we wrap this thing up? We, did, we didn't, we didn't set up a group chat this time. <laughs> I'm gonna, I want some oh. beaver nuggets. That's the problem right now. You, right. you, you gave me a few and I was like, oh yeah, you like the first one you eat. You're just like, oh, that's okay. And you're like, okay, give me more. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> all right. Just keep them. Just come show them. And now I'm beaver nugget lists. <laughs> Right. You'll, you'll be able to buy some. Uh, when, when are you going uh, with your wife to visit Texas or the environs thereof to visit Bucky's? <laughs> Probably more sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lots of great, uh, great stocking stuffers there because they've got Bucky's branded everything. Like, oh, there's this giant dark <sighs> chocolate filled peanut butter or no, it's it's peanut butter filled dark chocolate thing that you go, Oh, that is only a Reese's thing, but no, you open up the package and it is the Bucky's logo nice. done in, in dark chocolate that looks like it belongs on the front of like an 18 wheeler as, as a brand icon <laughs> thing. And you're like, ah, this is delicious. The chocolate is good. The peanut butter isn't that super nasty, sweet, extra Reese's stuff. And I'm like, I should have bought more of these, uh, you know, to, to hand out. But yeah, all kinds of things, and I, I recommend it highly. Of course, I guess we should all remind everybody what we talked about this time. I talked about Bucky's. Eric, what did you talk about? I talked about Cowboy Bebop. And Bruce? Uh, the big fat quiz of the year. Uh, any year's fine, but specifically, look for 21. Hooray! So, I'm sorry, you, you brought up, you know, Christmas shopping and whatnot. So, another place that has Christmas stuff that you wouldn't expect, Whataburger. Right, you can get nice. Whataburger hats and scarves. They've got oh. a inflatable Santa inside a Whataburger cup <laughs> that you know you would put on your front lawn and stuff. So yeah, head over to Whataburger.com. You, it's it's crazy. Socks, cowboy boots, you name it. They have yes. got they have got so much stuff. <laughs> oh, Whataburger cowboy boots. I can't think of a more Oklahoma Texas food item to get. Agreed. Then, well, but they aren't then. food. They're cowboy boots. I know, but food related item. Food adjacent. <laughs> okay, item. fair enough. So anyway, all right. And Sorry, I don't fair, need to lead us. Whataburgers do taste rather like cowboy boots. So 
that's all right. Uh, I like them, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of calories in that meal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I didn't want to take us off on another tangent. But uh, Bruce, did you have a shopping tip? Since we're there now, I'm looking at the Whataburger <laughs> store right now. That's, that's where I've gone. Oh my goodness! It is a Whataburger cup with a Santa Claus coming out of it. He thought I was lying, folks, but no, it's true. <laughs> I don't know if I thought you were lying, but I had to see it for myself. There's a Whataburger Jenga. <laughs> There's a Brixel buildable burger and fries, sort of like a Lego ripoff kind of. Uh, There's a deck all of kinds playing of cards. I could have a Whataburger deck and an Arby's deck, and that could be my double deck of playing cards. There you go. Let them duke it out. All right. We're going to end this now. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate you all coming to talk and sharing your current enthusiasms. We'll be back in two weeks for the next Inverse Genius Fortnightly. I'm Donald Dennis. I'm Eric I'm Dewey. Rogue. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 License. Thank you.